The D Las Vegas Resort and Casino presents Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. Brought to you by Verizon Wireless. This is 5G done right. By Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas. Pick up any of our award-winning sauces on the way home tomorrow night at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas. The D Las Vegas Resort and Casino, home of Bar Canada. A north-of-the-border home, Las Vegas style. Roger Klein's Canseyone Tequila, ultra-smooth, Arizona-owned. Behind the mask, whether you're on ice or in line, we are the Valley's headquarters for all of your hockey needs. By M-Drive, presenting partner of What Drives You, M-Drive for energy, stamina, recovery. And by Summer Skates, get your personalized koozies and shower shoes at icetimehockeysw.com slash partners and click on the Summer Skates banner. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by the D Las Vegas Resort and Casino, is a part of the IceTimeHockeySW.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Rob Rothfarb. All right, welcome in, hockey fans, anywhere that you may be listening to us this Memorial Day on the Podbean app. Scott Strandy joining you from Scottsdale, Arizona. My co host, Rob Rothfarb, with me from beautiful Southern California. Rob, how are you tonight? I am well, Scott. Uh, ah, good. You. And he came back for second show, folks. Uh, that that means he <laughs> might be here to stay uh, because usually if we get him through the first show, uh, the second one is the hook, and then we just go from there. So welcome back, Rob. Well, I pre- I appreciate that. I appreciate that. <laughs> Did I leave you speechless? <laughs> no, no. Actually, actually I, 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 what I was going to say was uh, if we, I have to listen to Paul any longer for that intro, you know, I may be I may be running away. <laughs> uh, I, lo- I love it well as, as i told you off air we've got a great guest tonight we've got him with us right now so no no sense in messing around rob let's bring on the uh the former sun devil the current uh, san jose barracuda and i'm going to make the leap right now and say the future as in next year san jose shark in steen passionate so steen you got scott and rob with you tonight how are you i'm good how are you guys doing we're doing well. Happy Memorial Day. Glad you could join us on this uh, on this holiday. Yeah, thank Happy- you guys as well. <laughs> uh, so, so Steiner, tell me a little bit about what's happened to you over the last year and a half or so <laughs> from the pandemic to uh, to getting a spot on the, uh, the San Jose Barracuda to playing all the way up to the semifinals of the Pacific Division playoffs. What's the whirlwind been like for you? Well, you know, it's it's been a cra- pretty crazy ride. I mean, finishing out uh, my college hockey career, um, us going back to the tournament and then COVID kind of hitting and um, getting everything canceled was kind of a big letdown for myself and, and all my teammates on the Sun Devils that year. Um, but then some good news came around shortly after that and um, San Jose organization reached out to me and, and they were pretty interested. So that kind of got the ball rolling and then um, finally signing with the Barracuda and, um, you know, just training. I mean, we trained so much just because our season kept getting pushed back. Like we were working out so much and it was just getting to the point where it was almost starting to hurt your body a little bit. And we were just, we were just kind of like, oh, let's get this season going here. And then finally starting the season and actually not even getting out of Arizona because, um, they moved their camp to Scottsdale and Chandler. So we were in Arizona for the first you know, probably about two months of our season just doing training camp there and stuff. And then finally, you know, getting to San Jose and, you know, just getting to know all your teammates and starting to play. And 
it's been an absolute whirlwind for you know your first year pro but um when it's all said and done i loved it and you know i, I wouldn't have changed any of it Stan, you you got the chance to do that with your brother uh how important was that for you guys to be able to do that together and you played at multiple levels together uh, how how cool is that i'm i'm an athlete my brothers are athletes but i've never got a chance to play later than like little league with any of my brothers so how cool was that to be able to experience all that with your brother oh it was it was definitely amazing like it was a huge factor uh when we were deciding where we were going um you know it kind of just fell into place for juniors when we played together um just kind of worked out that we were both uh both there and then when we were going to college um we kind of planned that out a little bit to where okay let's go to the same place um and then for pro we never thought it would work with pro just because you know um, it's such a higher level and it, it's almost more of a business there. And so for us to be able to go pro together, I mean, we were both kind of looking at different options, but there was one option on the table that allowed us to go play together. And, you know, it weighed into our decision so heavily. I would say that, you know, that was the biggest factor in our decision is being able to be together in a new city again and playing professional hockey. It's just been, it's been great that we've got to experience that together. And it definitely made it a lot easier on us transitioning for sure. So, Steiner, um, when we talk about uh, the transition, um, I had I wanted to see you play much more than I did this year, but I got to see you play the end of the season, and man, oh, man, what a difference. I mean, you have uh, made huge strides, and when I said in the intro that I believe you're going to be a future shark, I, I mean it. I think, uh, I think you've worked your way up. So uh, what's it felt like for you? Uh, have you felt a progression or a change or has it just been, you know what, I'm playing my game and the confidence is there and I'm just going at it? Oh, absolutely. I felt a change. I mean, jumping from college to pro is obviously a big step. Jumping from any level to another level is a big step. Um, but that one was definitely big. I mean, you're playing against, you know, guys are in their thirties in the league. They've been doing this forever. Um, they're stronger, they're faster. So, there was definitely an adjustment period there, but um, I felt like I've taken a huge step uh, over this past season. I mean, when I first came in there, you know, you don't want to say you feel out of place, but you definitely feel different. And it's like, oh, these guys are really good. But then, you know, working my way up towards the end of the season, I felt like I belonged and I felt like I was contributing night in and night out, whether, you know, that was physicality, whether that was scoring goals, standing up for teammates. I mean, I think everything just kind of came together and, um, you know, I think I made huge improvements from where, where you look, where I started the season to where I finished the season. And if you continue on that progression, where do you see yourself fitting in for, with the Sharks next season? Um, you know, that's, those talks are still in the works, obviously. Those are, those are kind of between my agent and, and the Sharks and, um, you know, we're doing everything we can because I think everyone's end goal is is to play in the NHL. So, um, you know, and even if I don't get an NHL contract at the start of next year, I think that if I keep progressing, you know, the way I have been progressing, I mean, my my ultimate goal is to, you know, give them or ask them for a contract and me have done so many things right that they almost can't say no, you know, cause they don't want to lose you. So, you know what? I think if I keep progressing, if I, if I keep playing the way I am and work at getting better at the game, then, um, you know, I, I would think that an NHL contract's on the way, but you know what? You never know because there's so many good players in that league and everyone's working to get better and everyone's doing those little things. So, it's just, you know, going to the rink every day, trying to get better, the little things, and, you know, hoping for the best kind of thing. 
I think you're definitely on that path. And and one of the things that that set it off for me, Steen, was uh, I watched you in uh, in uh, Irvine. And I saw you very nearly score a goal on a great move. Uh, I asked you about it on text message. Uh, the puck went between the goalie's legs, but then hit the post, and you just couldn't quite finish it off. But it looked to me like um, the goal scoring is just on the edge, like it's just ready to explode for you. Uh, were you a little frustrated that the season was coming to an end, being, being you were getting that close? Yeah, I mean, I think that I just just finally kind of started to figure out my game. Um, and I think if I would have had, you know, seven, eight, nine more games, it would have really come into its own. But um, at the same time, you know, you got to be happy that you're getting those grade A opportunities. I mean, it was almost every game where I was getting a grade A opportunity like that. And I think that's when you know you're playing the right way. You're getting those opportunities every game and you might not be scoring, but you're in the right places. So um, I mean, yeah, I'm, you know, kind of disappointed the season ended early because I was starting to play really well. But at the same time, it was such a long year and very taxing on the body that it's also good to get a break. Now, now, do you follow uh, what's going on in the playoffs right now? Now that you're winding down, are you paying much attention to the NHL playoffs? Yeah, yeah, I've been watching them. And who's your team? Um, it was the Oilers. They're out now though. Um, yeah, I would like to see Jumbo Joe win a cup in Toronto. Well, that, that, uh, a late breaking news update. Oh no, don't do it. Don't do it. Macho three, Toronto one in game seven. Oh, no way. So we'll have to go back to the drawing board, Steen, and look for another one. Maybe, 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 uh, if you're a Canadian team, you might not want to be picking them. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not looking good. Uh, okay, so 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 let me ask you this: uh, back to the playing part of it again. Um, was there a moment that you started? You said when you came in, you felt like maybe I was a little out of place, and then all of a sudden, was there a specific moment where you said, "Hey, I belong. I belong, and I'm a part of this team." And uh, one of the coolest things I saw, Steen, was. Uh, uh, a goal scored in Intervine, and it was assisted by Pashnik from Pashnik. Uh, that was pretty cool, wasn't it? Yeah, that was that was a special moment. That was the first one we had um, all year, and first one in professional hockey where both me and Brinson were in on the same goal. Um, so that was definitely a special moment for us too. And for the first part of your question, I think I think it was the first American League game that they they let me play. It was uh, against Bakersfield in San Jose, and we were probably about halfway through the season. And um, I thought I did some really good things that night. Um, there was a couple shifts where we got hemmed in our D zone, but there was also a couple shifts where we hemmed them in the D zone, and that was or in their in our yeah their D zone our O zone, and that was kind of like you know I th- I think I can play here. And then they gave me another game, uh, and I played really well. We started every period, and then I played another game, and I scored, and then scored the next game again. And that's when it was like, oh, okay, I can definitely play in this league here. And that's what gave me the confidence, I think, to you know kind of keep playing better and better every game. When when you guys assisted on the same goal, that's what ma- actually made me think. I was like, how cool would it have been to be able to do- share that with my brother, especially first. I think that was first points. Uh, so talk talk about that. Well, I mean, it's you know, it's a dream to play pro hockey with my little brother. It was a dream to play juniors. It was a dream to play college, and you know, it was a dream to play pro hockey. And we're just so lucky and so blessed that you know God's allowed it to work out for us like this. But um, 
just to hear the announcer announce, uh, you know, Gallant from Pashnuk and Pashnuk, it was so special. Um, I think me and Brinson talked about it after the game and it was just like, oh, it's been a while since, you know, something like that happened. And I'm sure my parents were at home watching and they were really excited for that as well. I could only imagine how excited they were. Let's, let's talk about your parents because I, I know your mom and dad a little bit and, and I'm sure it was killing them this year that they couldn't get across the border to see you guys. This meant so much to them as much as it did to you guys. But what's it been like for mom and dad? Has it been a lot of text messages, a lot of calls back and forth? Yeah, tons of text messages and calls. Um, it's obviously been very frustrating for them. Uh, they they love watching us play hockey and they wanted to come out. But just with the border restrictions, it couldn't really quite work out. So they were pretty disappointed that they weren't able to come uh, watch my first American League game, watch Princeton's first NHL game, and just watch us play together. It's been a tough year for them, but hopefully, you know, next year they can make up for it and, you know, come more than they would and watch us a bunch. Now, is your dad one that will break down video and talk to you about uh, the game itself uh, after you after the game is done? Like uh, my son is a is a baseball player, and uh, every game he pitches, we we sit and talk about what he did, what he thought he did. Is that the type of relationship, or is, are they strictly fans at this point? Um. My dad definitely doesn't break down video. Like, he's not going to watch the coast with me. But I, I call my dad after every single game I play, and um, I'll just, you know, ask him, what do you think the game looked like, and how do you think I did? And he'll tell me some stuff that he thinks I could do better or some stuff that uh, he thinks I did good. Um, but that's about the end of it right there. He's not going to sit down and watch video with me. But I definitely go to him for his opinion on how he thought uh, I played because, I mean, he's watched me my whole life, so... He knows better than anyone when I have a good game and what I can do better and stuff like that. Uh, Steven, when you, oh, yeah, no problem. Uh, Steam, when you came to Arizona State, and you and I have talked about this in the past uh, when you were a Sun Devil, but when you came there, was there a transition to or a point where you said, hey, I really belong in NCAA hockey, or did you come in with a lot of confidence uh, into that, that league? No, I came in pretty nervous. I think everyone comes in pretty nervous. I mean, it wasn't only moving up in the level of hockey. It was also, you know, moving thousands of miles away from my home, moved to a different country. So everything was just a lot to take in. And uh, the first couple practices we were out there, everyone's obviously better, but I definitely didn't feel out of place. Um, and then once we played our first game in NCAA, um, I made a couple good plays, a couple nice hits, and I was like, oh, okay, I, you know, I'm, I'm not as good as some of these players in this league, but I think I can get there kind of thing. And, um, you know, I did towards the end of my career playing against other, other teams' top lines and trying to shut them down. So I think at every level that you get to, there's, um, you know, a little worriness, I guess you could say, of if you're good enough or just what can you do better kind of thing. Cena, you you've been with the program for uh, ASU program uh, for a long time. What do you think the uh, the reunion games are going to look like in like five or ten years with ASU school? I mean, just the growth of it is just, uh, as a former player has got to be amazing to you. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. I mean, I think those games are going to be great. I mean, I I've made you know some of my best friends here and. Even coming back, living in Arizona this summer, I've I've already met up with so many of them um, because there's just a bond there that you can't really make with other people. Because college, you just become family almost. And um, I still keep in touch with so many players that I played college hockey with. And um, those reunion games are just going to be another excuse for all of us to get together and hang out and catch up. And I think it's going to be great. 
Okay, I got a couple couple parter for you here. The first thing is uh, tomorrow being the first of June, I try to go out uh, the first week of every month and climb up to the top of the six story parking garage, which is now my favorite in Tempe, and uh, get my camera out and get some shots of that new arena. Uh, I think it's really cool. I've been doing it since March, April, May, so this is going to be what uh, fourth month, I guess, if I can do math on the air. Um, so number one, your thoughts on that new arena and the fact that it really is reality now, because I know for a long time, uh, everybody wanted to believe it was, but until they actually started the work, uh, it was difficult. So I'll let you do that one. Then I'll follow it up when you, when you're done with the answers team. Yeah, that, that arena is going to be great. I think once they build that arena, they're going to become a top five program every year. I mean, I think that might be the only thing holding them back a little bit right now. Um, but once that arena is built, I mean, it's going to be a no brainer for kids to come here with the weather and you just can't find this in college hockey anywhere else. Um, you know, I would have liked for the arena to be done about three or four years ago, but, um, <laughs> it is what it is, but I'm really excited for the program to get that arena. Okay. Here's part two of it. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had coach powers on and, uh, he was on on a Sunday night and he said, uh, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I'm a little wore out because I had my uh, ACHA national championship team reunion that weekend. Um, just your thoughts on uh, what Coach Powers has meant to you and how great it would be to finally have an NCAA championship. And he's made it uh, no bones about it that you guys are going to be a big part of it. Your senior class that didn't get a chance to participate. So how, how's that going to be to come back as an NCAA national championship program and your relationship with Coach Powers? Well, I know every every alumni out there that played hockey at ASU is rooting every year. And I mean, I still watch their games all the time. Um, you still feel like you're a part of the team kind of thing. And you know everyone on the team still. So, I mean, for them to win a national championship and just know that we kind of built the program, it would be unbelievable. And um, for Coach Powers, I mean, I still keep in touch with them all the time. Me and Brinson are actually going over there for dinner uh, with him and his wife and uh, our girlfriends and his wife. We're going over there for dinner tomorrow night. So we still keep in touch with him. I mean, he pretty much, you know, developed us and, and built us into, you know, the players we are today. So nothing but respect for him and what he's done for the program. And um, still a great relationship with him, hang out, talk with him all the time. And I'm really excited to see him again, to be honest. Yeah, I thought that I thought that might be the answer. Uh, I think he told us, and maybe maybe you talked to him about this too. But he said uh, Brinson called him after he played in uh, uh, his second, I think, NHL game, and said, "Coach, I think I can play at this league. I think I can be here." Um, Brinson was given the Rookie of the Year award for uh, for the Barracuda. Uh, did you see his development the way everybody else saw it? Yeah, definitely. I think what Brinson did this year was he kind of stepped back from his offensive game a little bit because he knows he has that game and he kind of learned the uh, defensive side of the game or the D zone. Um, you know, he wasn't jumping up in the rush as much. He was making sure that he was taking care of his, his own end first. And I think he took great steps in that aspect. His offensive game is always going to be there. He's got that in his blood, but I think him learning the defensive side of the game a bit is going to allow him to get to the NHL and be a regular there every night. Okay, so so on that note, um, if he gets there and and you get there, that's a dream, another dream fulfilled that you're both in the NHL together. But um, 
Talk about a little bit about the uh, the Sharks organization and what you've seen there, because Brinson's got some great role models um, on the defensive end for the Sharks, but there's also some pretty good offensive role models for you as well. And uh, and I think you've adapted pretty well to the the way the Sharks want to play. Am I am I correct in that assessment? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, there's obviously you can learn so much from NHL players, but it's not just the players there. It's, you know, the coaches in the minor leagues, like my coach Roy Summer, like he's been, you know, he's been in the game of hockey for, oh, geez, I'd probably say, you know, 40 years. He's seen it all. He knows what he's doing. So just having a guy like that where you can go to and lean on for advice is is great. And I think every organization needs that. Um, but I have nothing, nothing but good, good things to say about the San Jose organization. Um, you know, they make you want to come to the rink every day. They make you enjoy the game. Um, you know, I, I have no problem being at the rink for seven, eight hours a day just because the culture's so good, the organization's so good, and it's just enjoyable to be there. Hey, Steve, talk to with. I think Scott talk, said earlier to me off air. I think it's 185 days until the. Uh, New season starts? No, 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 no. Only 135. Oh, 135. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 135. What is your What is your routine like leading up to that? Because it's a shorter off season than you're probably used to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right now, just taking some time off, kind of healing the nicks and bruises that the body has. Um, I'm actually going to Cancun with my girlfriend on Thursday, so we're going to go there and sit on a beach and just kind of reset, and then come back and get into training again, just kind of get as strong as fast as you can. Um, I would like to skate more this summer than I ever have. Just kind of work on, work on touches and work on your skill because that's such a big thing at the next level is um, working on your skill and working on handling pucks. So I think I'm going to focus on that uh, this summer a lot more than I have in the past. Steen, I want to ask you a little bit about this season as a professional because I'm sure that when you signed the contract, you were going like, oh, yes, I want to get out and play a full season. I want it to be a normal season. And, of course, COVID threw that uh, all out the window. But um, the professional side of it, I mean, we heard things like when uh, the Pacific Division announced that they were going to play uh, a playoff series, it was like, I don't know, 133 to 8 on a player vote to not do it. But uh, it, it's not easy being a minor league professional player because the, the cash flow just isn't the way you would like it. And then, of course, when you have to take a pay cut because of reduction in games, what's that been like adjusting to that? Was that difficult or, or not as difficult as it would be because you're a first-year guy? Yeah, it wasn't as difficult as you thought. I mean, I came from college, you know, being a broke college hockey player, as every <laughs> as everyone is, so... Um, to be able to start getting paid the game you love, I mean, it was a lot better than, you know, playing playing the game you love for nothing kind of thing. Um, so <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't as bad as you think. I mean, it was definitely a weird year with COVID and like we had some games get canceled and then uh, playoffs ended up happening and it was just a lot of information to take in at sometimes. But um, the transition, um, you know, to like, to the lifestyle wasn't that bad because you were making money instead of not making money. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And, and the way that things worked out for you guys, you spent an awful lot of time on the road. Can you tell us a little bit about what it was like to be COVID tested and to be on different buses? And uh, especially the last, last part of the season, you guys were in Vegas more than you were in San Jose for sure. Right? 
Yeah, yeah, we were. I mean, and even the start of the season when we were in Chandler for two months, like we barely spent any time at home, which was super <laughs> weird. But um, we were getting COVID tested every day. So that was uh, obviously different. Even on off days, we had to go in and get COVID tested. Um, but that was obviously for the health and safety of ourselves and everyone around us. So no issues with that. Um, you know, being we couldn't really fly anywhere this year because of COVID. So we were busing. We had like some 10 hour bus trips and those got pretty long. Um, but you know what, it's a year that was very, very different. And I obviously, you, you don't want to do another year like this, but at the same time, um, you learn a lot and, and I had a great year and I really don't have anything bad to say about the year. So sort of the, <laughs> hold on one second, Rob, I'm going to throw one more in there if I could. Um, the, did the bus trips get any different when you're, uh, on uh, AHL team as opposed to your junior days? Because I'm sure you, you bust all over uh, Canada uh, playing junior hockey. Are they any different or are they still the same thing? They're definitely different. There's definitely some different rules on them. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I'm, I'm sure we're not going to get into those though, right? No, we can't. <laughs> what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to ask more about uh, when, when you talk about the, it's not what you want, but you'd still rather be playing the games than not playing the games at all. So you, you'll take the bus trips rather than no. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, we were sitting, sitting at home in Arizona for, I don't even know how long it was, five months, whatever it was. And we were just itching to get back and play a real hockey game somewhere. And, um, some of our first games were in Texas where they allowed fans and it was just like, wow, this feels like a real hockey game again. So, um, I would I would do a season like this over and over again, playing these games, if it meant I got to play hockey over not playing. Okay, so I want to ask you one question about the the Sun Devil schedule again. I think we touched on it uh, a few months back, but um, as unusual as that was to watch your uh, former teammates go play all their games on the Big Ten uh, ice surfaces and then not get any real home games except one exhibition series. Uh, if you had been put in that role, do you have any idea how you would have handled that? Would you have enjoyed that? Um, would you just dealt with it? Do you think it was good? What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it's something you got to take day by day. There's obviously going to be a lot of kinks thrown in there. Um, playing all road schedule against Big Ten is no easy thing to do. Um, but you know what? I think they were in the same boat where they were just happy to be playing hockey again. I mean, like every hockey player had to take so much time off because of what was going on that – when it when it came back to it, I think they were just happy to start playing again. So, um, you know, what they did was not easy at all, and I think it's going to be a lot easier for them next year. But I think this year made them grow a lot too. They're going to realize how important home games are, and they're going to take advantage of them. Um, but I'm super proud of what they did last year and how they handled all the adversity. Well, you guys had to, had to deal with adversity too as, as pros. It just with the college level being on the road, that's got to be tough. Have you ever, what's the closest you've experienced as far as, you know, playing off all road? Um, my first one or two years at ASU, we only had like eight home games. So we were on the road a lot. But I would say that it was this year because we were in Chandler in a hotel for two months and then we went to play Tucson for our first regular season games. And then from Tucson, we flew to Texas, and then we ended up getting stuck in Texas for 
extra time because when we went there, there was that massive snowstorm. So everything was locked down and we were locked up there and we were actually <laughs> eating frozen pizzas and peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for a week because everything was closed. We couldn't get any food anywhere. So I would say that that would be the closest thing to it. By the time we got back to San Jose, I think it was close to like we were on the road for two months, two and a half months. So I think that would be the closest thing to it. Uh, you know, the comical part about that is you talk about that, and I know it wasn't funny at the time, but when I look back and I think uh, Bonneville, Alberta, um, to uh, Austin, Texas, and uh, you're getting snowed in, in which place? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was definitely definitely a wild ride and something that none of us ever expected, that's for sure. Uh, well, let me tell you this. I don't know if you, you saw my excerpts, uh, what I did, but April 5th, uh, Steen, I left Scottsdale and I drove to uh, to Michigan to see a uh, US, USHL All-Star game. Then I went from there to Pittsburgh to watch the Frozen Four. Then I came back and watched some AHL hockey. I watched the Condors and uh, Colorado in Colorado. Then I went to St. Louis and watched uh, ACHA National Championships. Then I went from St. Louis down to uh, Plano, Texas, and watched the U18 tournament. Then I came home and arrived back home on May 5th, and everybody thought I was crazy driving 7,662 miles. But I don't know. Being on the road for two months might be a little better than that. I don't know. That also doesn't sound great either, not going to lie. <laughs> well, my, my purpose to do that was twofold. I wanted to brand us, and I think that worked out pretty well. But my goal was to see how close the players between the ages of 15 and 22 um, were, right, at all the different levels. And I was pleasantly surprised at seeing the best of each uh, division, that, that things were closing the gap. Um, if you can look back a little bit now, do you think that's the way it is now too, that, that the gap is just getting – uh, tighter and tighter between juniors and, and NCAA and now American Hockey League? I think so. I mean, the game's changing every day. The The way people are training for the game is getting different. Um, I think that some of the training nowadays focuses a little too much skilled-based. Don't get me wrong, you have to be skilled um, at every level you're moving up, but I think there's sometimes that people are forgetting how to play the game. It's becoming too individual. You got to remember that you have four other teammates out there trying to do the same thing. So, um, but I do think that the gap is getting closer and closer and that's good to see. Do you, do you pay attention to the uh, kids that are coming up? Uh, like the kid kind of Bedard, uh, I believe or out of Canada and the, and the tournament that he had that Scott got a chance to see, I believe, uh, just an amazing talent. Uh, talk about that if you if you even if you. Um, I don't follow them closely. I'll see some highlights on Instagram and stuff, um, but I, I'm not you know YouTubing them or looking for them. I'll see some highlights on Instagram, but I do. I will say that that Connor Bedard kid, he looks like the real deal. Like he looks unbelievable. Yeah, I understand uh, he's not going to be a Sun Devil. He's probably just going to be a first-round pick. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what it's looking like. <laughs> but anyway, um, Steiner, I'll let you go on this one because we got you on a little early. But uh, And thanks again for coming on because I always love when you make time for us because we love the conversation. But um, when, when you look at the big picture right now, um, from growing up in Bonneville, going through Arizona State, now you're in San Jose, and I know you haven't been able to spend a lot of time in San Jose, but you've seen the different levels. Um, what would you tell a kid, uh, maybe a 14, 15-year-old kid that wants to uh, 
to aspire to be an NHLer and, and maybe they have to go your route. What would you tell them? Yeah, I mean, just if it's something you love, then work hard at it every day. There's no shame in going after something you love, going after your dreams. Um, if I could give some kids advice, it would be, you know, and I might be a little bit biased here, but it would be to go college. Um, not, and the reason I say that is just because one, you can delay how long you're playing competitive hockey for. Like if I would have went major juniors, you know, I might not have been good enough to go pro when I was 20 years old. That's the cutoff for them where if you're going college, you can play till you're 24 and still have aspirations to go pro. But not only that, I mean, you make lifelong long friends in college. You guys are doing everything together. You're basically uh, one big family. So I've made some of the best memories that I have um, in my life. I made them from college, and I'm sure they're going to be the best memories for the rest of my life. Uh, I made friends that are going to last a lifetime and friends who feel like brothers to me. Um, so if I could give a kid a piece of advice, it'd be go after your dream, work hard, don't let anything stop you, and you know, also heavily look into college because it's one of the best times of your life. Very well said. Again, I thank you for uh, for coming on and uh, have a great summer. Get prepared. And uh, remember when you put on that uh, Sharks jersey uh, sometime next year, hopefully at the beginning of the year, you're going to say, Scott from Ice Time Hockey Southwest predicted this because I think <laughs> I, I think you're there, my friend. Um, and one final shout out is uh, I know you've got some really good teammates on that uh, that Barracuda lineup, but Give me one word, if you can, to describe Max Latunov. <laughs> Maxim is just, uh, to me, he was all over the ice. Is there, is there one word you can describe him with? I would, I would describe Max as tenacious. I mean, that guy, when he doesn't have the puck, he wants the puck. When, we ha- when he has the puck, he doesn't want anyone taking the puck from him. So he's just tenacious with the puck. Is he that way in practice, too? Yeah, yeah, he definitely is. He gets pretty <laughs> mad in practice sometimes, and then some of the guys will start chirping him a little bit, and he gets even more mad. Uh, he, he was a Coyote draft pick, and and I followed him just for that that part of it right away, and I watched him develop, and I just said, how could the Arizona Coyotes ever let him slip through? Because uh, in my estimation, he's going to be right with you. You guys might be line mates maybe uh, with the Sharks. Yeah, he's a good player. I mean, I, I got to know him very well before we went into San Jose because he was in Arizona skating with us all summer. So I got to know him well there. And um, not only is he a great player, but he's just a great person as well. So not, nothing bad to say about Maxie at all. All right. Tell your mom and dad that I still got a box full of stuff that I got to get over to you while you're in Arizona uh, for them. And then also uh, tell Brittany he's not off the hook. We're going to track him down and get him on the show too. All right, I will. I'll actually text him right now and tell him to get his buddy here for it. <laughs> Steve Pashnick, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, continued success. Uh, I think we all knew that you were going to succeed at this level and continue to move on, but uh, just to see it with our own eyes has been so much fun, and thanks for joining us tonight. Hey, thanks, Thank guys. You. I appreciate all the support you've given me over the years. Thank you for joining us. It was great. No problem. Absolutely. We'll take a quick break, and uh, Rob and I will be right back to uh, talk a little more professional hockey on Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by the D Las Vegas Hotel and Casino. Hi, this is Derek Stevens. Download your new sports betting app with Circus Sports. Get 24-7 access to a dynamic sports betting menu, including props, futures, cross-sport parlays, in-game wagering, and more. Sign up for the mobile wagering app at circusports.com. Then visit one of our downtown Las Vegas sportsbooks at the D or the Golden Gate to activate and fund your mobile wagering account. Learn more at circusports.com. 
Really, JR, you think you can still do this? I'm focused. You're way too old to hit that target from there. I've been listening to everything you said. It's been running through my head, locked and loaded. All right, still got it. Still got it. Who's old now? If you live in the valley, you know that there is no shortage of great Mexican food. But if you want authentic taste with a fair price and relaxed atmosphere, then head to Burrito Express. From the breakfast burritos served all day to combination plates for lunch, Burrito Express delivers that homemade taste you would expect from your own kitchen. Try all of our authentic Mexican recipes at any of our six East Valley locations, from Scottsdale to Gilbert and all points in between. ASU alumni owned and operated since 1995. Go to burritoexpress.com and check out our menu or find a location to order for fast pickup or delivery. All right. Right. We're back. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly presented by the D Las Vegas Hotel Casino Resort, uh, Circa Hotel Stadium Swim, uh, Circa Sports Bet. I mean, everything that is Las Vegas starts at the D in beautiful downtown. Scott Strandy back with you in Scottsdale, Arizona tonight, where it's just over 100 degrees. And my co-host, uh, Rob Rothfarb, is with me from beautiful Southern California. Um, Rob, get used to this because this is what I do to all my co-hosts. As soon as we have a guest on, I want to get your opinion on uh, the conversation and, and just what you learned, if anything, or if uh, just what you thought of the, the guests that we had. It's actually funny you, you asked that question because I was I just looked at the clock and I said, wow, that was the easiest 30 minutes I've ever had in, a, in an interview. So uh, great, great conversation. Very uh, personable. Uh, I've never met him personally, uh, but seems like a really good kid. He, uh, you've seemed to have a good relationship with him and, uh, no, I learned, I learned a lot and, uh, just like I, you and I talked off air about it. You know, I just find it so fascinating that he's able to experience all these things with his brother. And I have brothers too, that, that I would have loved to experience some of these things with in, on a professional level because we're in such different careers. So I just, I, that's why I didn't ask as many questions because I was just listening. I was just learning. I just enjoyed it so much. Honestly, I just enjoyed it so much. I hear you. And that's usually the way it goes. And I have a little bit of advantage because I've been with these guys or been close to these guys now for six years. So um, I know a little bit uh, when I bring them on that uh, kind of the direction to go with it. So it's a little bit of an unfair advantage, but uh, just call it a power play. <laughs> That's okay. And uh, speaking of unfair advantages, the uh, and Mr. Hornstein's not going to be happy. The update on the Boston Islanders game two with 4:54 left in the third. It's three three. Boston just tied it up. So, uh, but and and you know what? You you broke Steiner's heart by breaking that news on him. Maybe you should have just not said a word. <laughs> let him just find out for himself. <laughs> well, 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 you know what? He I, I didn't know if he was the jinx to these teams. He first wanted Edmonton, they got knocked out. <laughs> then he wanted Toronto, they got knocked out. I was hoping it wasn't Toronto. I was hoping he would say it was Montreal. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, uh, truth be told, uh, the Pashniks are very close to Edmonton, Calgary, and I think they both grew up, both Brinson and him grew up as Edmonton fans. Um, so so I think that's where their 
their loyalties lie. It's hard when you're uh, playing with a different organization like the Sharks now. You kind of got to fall in there, but obviously they're not in the playoffs at this point. But I will tell you, uh, they will be a force next year. Uh, I think Steiner will be a part of that. Um, if you want to talk to me about watching a, a kid develop, uh, what he's done from when I saw him leave ASU in his last game to what he was in his last game uh, with the Barracuda, wow. That's the only word I can use to describe it because he uh, he just made huge strides. He's got the physical size. I thought his skating was was considerably better than it was at ASU. I I think he's always had the uh, the knowledge of the game and where to be in the right places. I know he said that. He said, "Yeah, I'm you know, I'm now I'm in the right places and things like that." But he had that. It was just a matter of getting there and I think, you know, when it all comes together, Rob, like uh your your brain is here, right? And when your body catches up to it, especially if you're a big 6'4" 200 plus uh winger, when that all catches up and comes together, wow, you can be a real force. And, and that's what Steen Pashnik has become in my mind. I agree 100%. Uh, it, you know, it takes time for the mind and the body to, to work in sync. Uh, everybody reaches it at different times. Uh, but the biggest difference for me and to know that he's on the uh, incline and uh, his his progression is, is skyrocketing right now is – I heard his name in a couple of games that I listened when he was with the Barracuda recently. I heard his name mentioned more in those two games than I remember in maybe five games. Every five games I would listen to ASU. So if I listen to five games, I'm hearing maybe as much as the last couple of games. So he's being he's being around the puck more. He's uh, making more plays. He's being noticed more. He's hitting more. He's doing everything right that gets people noticed. And he and the announcers are talking about him more. So when that happens, you could see the uptick in his game. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more because uh, it's exactly something that's happened. And uh, in as you heard it, I would see it through my camera lens, Rob, because uh, I would look for for action, right? And when I'm ready to click a shot, there was number 80 again. And when I looked through them the other night, I was just thumbing through some photos looking for some to put on the website. And I kept finding ones with number 80 in it, which is Steen Pashnik's number with the Barracuda, if you're not familiar. But uh, I saw so many number 80 pictures that I thought, you got to be doing something right when A, you're on the ice that much, and B, you're in the action, right? Well, you said you were shooting the action. You weren't looking for him specifically. You were shooting the action. And if that's where what's showing up on your lens it's got to be truth seriously pictures are, are much more powerful than words that so he is around the puck he's making plays he's using his hockey sense that's now caught up to his physical ability and and he's making a, a name for himself and he's going to be uh, i agree i think he's going to make the roster next year and i think it's going to be fun i'm kind of disappointed because i'm going to be covering the ahl for us uh next season and it'd be kind of nice to get to know a couple asu players but if he's in the pros i i guess i <laughs> if he's playing in the NHL, why not, right? Uh, <laughs> but, um, okay, so let's take a couple minutes and let's just wrap up the AHL season. Uh, for most people that uh, maybe weren't paying attention, uh, there was a playoff series. It was in the Pacific Division. Uh, it was a best of three it came down to. It was all played at Henderson. And kudos to Henderson for, for moving those games to T-Mobile because that game the other night, Rob, on Saturday night for the championship, for all the marbles, if you will, 
uh, had 7,400 people in it. And I'm sure uh, if we'd asked a scene about that and I meant to, but um, you know, I knew we had them on for, for over half an hour anyway. So, um, but when you talk about those players who maybe played several games this year with no fans and all of a sudden to have a, a championship game with 7,400, I would think the Bakersfield and Henderson would both tell you that that was awesome. The AHL were the winners of that final series. That's, that's in my opinion, because of the uh, experience and exposure that they got having that series. It was tremendous. I mean, I'm looking at the – you're talking about attendance. It went from 32-43 in the first game to 74-20 in the last game. So they more than doubled the, out, the number of fans for that last game. So it just shows you that uh, the a love for hockey in the, in the state of Nevada because the Golden Knights are still playing too. Right. And and here's the thing, Rob, uh, you know, nothing against the Orleans, but uh, their their home will be in Henderson when that uh, 6,000 seat building is done. But even when that 6,000 seat building is full, it, it's not 7420 and it's not T-Mobile. I mean, if you've ever been in T-Mobile, you know, there's a difference uh, probably over any other arena you've ever been in at any NHL or AHL level. Uh, it's just different. The, the show that they put on, um, the way you come out of the ice, uh, all of those things are, are different, and I'm sure that had to be a huge treat. And you are 100% correct. The AHL, specifically the Pacific Division, which we have now taken on as our coverage area, um, really are the ones that, that got to shine in this deal because they were able to show what it's like to play hockey in the Southwest, basically, in the Pacific Division. And it also showed there's a little bit of talent in that division as well. I mean, they're, yeah, big, sure. they're big, they're big, they're fast, they're strong, and they skate. I mean, you know, the the fact that the Condors beat them, you know, when I, being a casual AHL fan in, leading up into the podcast, I was kind of shocked. And then I'm then I'm looking de- and delving in further into it, and, and now with the games completed, they won nine of thirteen. So it wasn't a fluke. I mean, they outshot them in, in the first game heavily. Uh, they really took it to them, the Condors in the first game. They took it to the Knights. I don't think the Knights were expecting that. And then game two, the Knights came back and took it right to them. So it looks like this is going to be a great rival. Yeah, you're 100% correct on that. Okay, so uh, so let's do this. Let's take a quick break. Let's uh, spend another couple minutes visiting with our partners, and then let's come back and let's uh, wrap up the show by talking a little NHL because I know you got your eyes on some games tonight, and there's one big one that was played last night, uh, which I think we need to break down a little bit for the listeners as well. So we'll be back in about two minutes. I can't wait to get to Las Vegas and check out the fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No, stopping at Jesse Ray's Barbecue for lunch. Oh, that fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by offensive ribs? I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork, smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. 
At the heart of any good cocktail is the quality of the spirit used. And if you want to make the best margaritas, or if you just want a straight shot of the best tasting tequila, then Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila is the brand for you. Award-winning Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila has the taste you want to make perfectly blended cocktails. Whether you're celebrating an overtime game winner with friends or relaxing by the pool after a long work day. Find your bottle, be it in Arizona or elsewhere in the U.S. Visit us at MexicanMoonshine.com. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila. Award-winning taste since 2011. Ask any hockey player in the desert southwest, and they'll all tell you the same thing. We love going to the rink and sandals. Now you can show off your game in style with summer skates. Officially licensed summer skates are comfortable, washable, and can be designed to show off your fandom. Phil Kessel, your guy? Big William Carlson fan? Or is Austin Matthews the man? Have your summer skates designed to show off your favorite NHL player or shout out your own game with your own number. Team discounts and customization available, too, for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice? Our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable. Show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of summer skates, you can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com. This is Derek Stevens. Download your new sports betting app with Circus Sports. Get 24-7 access to a dynamic sports betting menu, including props, futures, cross-sport parlays, in-game wagering, and more. Sign up for the mobile wagering app at CircusSports.com. Then visit one of our downtown Las Vegas sports books at the D or the Golden Gate to activate and fund your mobile wagering account. Learn more at CircusSports.com. All right, we're back. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly brought to you by and uh, our presenting partner, the D Las Vegas Hotel Resort Casino, right in beautiful downtown Las Vegas, right off Fremont Street. Leads you right down to the other end of Fremont Street. You have uh, Derek Stevens' newest creation, the Circa, and the Stadium Swim there. If you have been haven't been to Vegas and haven't been to Stadium Swim, you have to see it. You have to experience it. It is probably the best spot to watch a sporting event uh, anywhere that I've seen. So congratulations to Derek, uh, the uh, the D, the Circa, the Golden Gate. All of his properties there are fantastic. We love having him on as a partner. Scott Strandy joining you from Scottsdale, Arizona tonight. Final segment coming up on Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. And Rob Rothfarb is joining me from uh, beautiful Southern California, where I get jealous every time I say that. So, uh, Rob, we got NHL stuff to talk about. Uh, let's start uh, with the uh, the games that are going on right now because I know you got a keen eye on them. Uh, it's going to overtime. Bruins and Islanders tied at three. And as I reported earlier, three one Montreal taking game seven. And it just we talked about it on our last podcast. Goaltending, goaltending, goaltending. Carey Price over Campbell, I think it was right. Campbell for uh, Toronto. Yeah, correct. Uh, so again, goaltending wins out. You know, there was uh, also a little inspiration that came aboard the uh, the Montreal Canadiens train 
a little while back, and you know who I'm talking about, right? Cole Caulfield. When they finally brought him up, and I know at the end of the regular season, the start of the playoffs, they were going like, should we bring him up? Should we not bring him up? And I'm going like, uh, you guys are fools if you don't bring that kid up because <laughs> he brings so much energy along with his talent. I don't know if you saw the that 2 on oh, uh with uh, Nick Suzuki, the former uh, Vegas Golden Knight that won a game for him against Toronto. Uh, but talk about two young guys being that poised Pass the puck just like uh, they were doing it in practice. Back and forth, boom, into an empty net. The thing I like the most about it is it was one pass, drop shot. It wasn't it, <laughs> right. it, it wasn't fooling around and another pass back to him. Oh, and let's get the goalie moving and pass it back to him. That's something honestly, my my team, the Rangers, would do. Is they they, <laughs> they you know they, they never saw a shot that that they liked, you know, or they, or found a pass they didn't like. Uh, but no, that's what I liked about it is that they, they took their time and they had a quick pass to get the goalie moving. Then they had the drop pass to get him moving again and a quick shot. It wasn't another pass you know, to try to get that perfect shot. No, he just buried it and it didn't take long for him to bury it either. Uh, and you know, I, just, I, I just wonder now what's going to happen in Toronto. What kind of shakeup is going to happen with the Maple Leafs? Do they fire their coach? Do they trade uh, Marner? Do they, you know, they're not going to trade Austin Matthews. I don't see it, but do they trade Marner? Do they trade Nylander? Who did, who gets the who's the fall guy? Is it is it the defense? Uh, Riley, uh, Riley Smith is not Riley Smith. Uh, I'm throwing the blank on the defensive name. But uh, who who is the fall guy? Yeah, it's going to be interesting because um, when you look at the the Maple Leafs, they tried everything this year, right? They picked up Foligno. Uh, late in the at the trade deadline, um, they added uh, Joe Thornton. They added uh, guys that uh, they thought were going to provide a little bit of stability, depth, and experience. And still, still, they're out um, in the first round of the of the playoffs. And it's like, man, that team was built to win that at least the the Canadian division, the North division, if not advance into it. But um, as we transition advance into it, <laughs> is is there going to be any team that can beat uh, the Colorado Avalanche? And uh, okay, let me let me step back one second. Um, we've I've covered Vegas and we've covered Vegas from the very start, right? So um, we know what they built and what they have. But that team coming off of a game seven, getting a day off, which wasn't really a day off because they had to fly to Colorado and get ready for a team that was sitting around for nearly a full week waiting to uh, to just play at home in front of their crowd and just get everything they had out of them. Um, was there anybody in hockey, Rob, that thought that that wasn't going to be the outcome? The score? Yes. I, I, I don't think there's anybody that thought that the uh, Knights were going to really show up and give a competitive game. There's just too much going against them. But the shenanigans that happened? I don't think anybody expected that. Yeah, I think uh, I think you're right on that. I, I think it was frustration. You know how that goes, right? You wanna uh, you wanna go out there and you wanna try to set the tone, so to speak. And uh, it, it's a big hit. It's a big defensive play. It's a big save. It's something, right? But but for Colorado, that talent level is so high. Like uh, I was commenting on Twitter last night. I said. Um, if if you want to beat Colorado, you better be prepared to score six goals because they're going to score five for the most part, unless unless you just have a goalie like a, a 
uh, Marc-Andre Fleury that just stands on his head, they're capable of scoring five every night. So you better be ready to score six uh, at least uh, if you're going to win that game. But the good thing about that is they have a goalie in Grubauer that you know that could give up five easily. So if even though Colorado's <laughs> scoring, oh, our Colorado fans, Rob, just turned us <laughs> off right now. They, they've seen them win six five games, and look, you know Edmonton did it with Fuhrer for many years. Andy Moog, they they won six five games. It's there's no shame in winning a six five game as long as your goalie makes one more save than the other <laughs> goalie. That, and speaking of saves, that was a heck of a save on your end. <laughs> Hey, I was a goalie at one time too. So, uh, but they, Colorado looks so good. They, they're so amazing. I was talking uh, again to my son because we're not just baseball guys; we're hockey guys. We're we're all sports guys, and just I mean, you have Rottenen, you have Landeskog, you have uh, Don Star. Yeah, I mean, it, it just it, and then you on the back end you have Graves, you have Makar. I mean, it doesn't end. It does yeah, not it, end as far as the offensibility. Let, let me tell you this. I've watched Kale McCarr for a few years now when he was uh, at UMass uh, playing in NCAA, and I could see at the NCAA level that he was dominant. But I thought, is he going to be able to carry that over into the NHL? And it took me about two games of watching him in his first two games in the NHL before I realized he's at a different level. And if you watch him carefully and you watch how quickly he closes the gap on everything, I mean, he doesn't have to have great defensive skills. He's got good defensive skills, but they don't have to be great because he can close the gap all the time. And uh, if you remember in the bubble, there was big talk, uh, Rob, between was Kale McCarr the better uh, rookie defenseman or was it uh, Hughes, Quinn Hughes in uh, Vancouver? And I kept saying the difference that I saw was Kale McCarr might make a mistake on defense, but he gets back and, and makes it look like it was never a mistake. Uh, when Quinn Hughes, I don't think, had that ability, and it might have been a size difference. It might have been uh, whatever. But uh, but I always see that, and I still see that from Kale. And uh, he might be the nicest guy you've ever met. Well, the shiftiness, the, the, the putting his feet at different angles to, to uh, get the feathers off him. It's just amazing the skating ability that he has. And I know this is going to upset Mr. Hornstein, but there's a guy, there's a kid that plays for the Rangers that reminds me a lot. And that's Adam Fox. Those two guys have very similar games. <laughs> Do they and, ever. And the same thing. His defense might not be the greatest, but he's always in the right position. And he's always making plays because he's smart enough that if he does have a giveaway, he's not giving up on the play. He's fast enough to, to make up for his mistakes. And then he gets himself in proper yeah, that last part you said, the proper position, if you watch Kale McCarr, uh, even if he gets beat, he, he takes the right angle to uh, to stop the play. And he does it more times than not. I mean, he had four points last night, I think. He had a goal and three assists. And it, he just is a factor that Vegas and everybody else that plays Colorado is going to have to learn to deal with because if you don't uh, control him, um, you're in for trouble. Um, we obviously know Ryan Reeves has suspended two games for his hit. You and I talked about a little bit off air. Um, I don't know. Uh, he deserved at least that. Um, he should have gotten uh, probably a suspension for what he did to Ryan Suter Friday night, uh, driving him into the, uh, the crossbars. And I know that's not Vegas' style. That's not the way they want to play the game, uh, nor does anybody probably. But uh, frustration sets in, right? He watched uh, Yenmark just get a hat trick 
and uh, move on the series for him. He watched him watches him get hit in the head, and from that point forward, um, to me, the discipline wasn't strong enough from the very beginning. Uh, a two minute minor for that. I mean, uh, you've seen his enough, and I co- I commented with Paul Hornstein last night on on our uh, podcast. We've seen enough ASU players have head to head contact, and it's an immediate five minute major in a game. Uh, and we've disagreed with a lot of them, but that's what happened. Um, and by letting Ryan Graves continue to play like that, um, you knew something was going to brew, especially when the score got lopsided. I agree. And we also talked to Air about the Pats ready hit, uh, which also to be, I kind of think it balances out with the, uh, with the hit on Lundmark. Uh, but the Reeves, it's game one. The, when I played hockey, my one of my biggest uh, issues with uh, my temper was I didn't give time for things to settle down and then you know get them at a different time when people aren't looking for it. This is still the same game that the guy was injured in. Everybody knows that it, uh, he was a marked man. He, everybody went after him the whole game. Be a little bit more patient. Get him in game two. Get him in game three. You do not have to get him back in game one. And I think that Ryan Reeves getting only two games, you don't want him coming back to the series. I know he's a big, strong guy, but if Colorado gets into a situation where they're being blown out, you know someone's going to go after him and go. And you know when that's going to be, don't you? Uh, The two-game suspension, that'll be game two in Colorado and game three in Vegas, and he'll return for game four in Vegas which Vegas just announced today they will have a full house. All 18,000 will be in that building for their home games from this point forward. Um, <laughs> so, so that being said, if you want to mark something on your calendar, no matter what the uh, series is, mark down game four, because if that should be an elimination series for, uh, for Colorado, <clears throat> or if uh, it's just a game four with uh, the games, you know, 2-1 or whatever uh, coming in, uh, it's going to be one to watch. And it will be loud, as we talked about also how loud it is uh, at oh. T-Mobile. I mean, it's just, it's just going to be crazy. I, I'm so looking forward to it. I was watching uh, the Game 7, uh, and my son commented on how loud it is, and he remembers how loud it was being there for the Rangers <laughs> Knights game. Uh, and it just was, you know, it gives you goosebumps when you, when you hear the crowd that loud. Yeah, and and let me tell you just how loud it is in the press box. Um, a friend of mine that was uh, covering a game a couple of years ago texted me uh, in a game that I was not at and he was covering, and he said that uh, during pregame warm-ups, the music was so loud it vibrated his laptop off the, the desktop and onto the floor. <laughs> so that's how loud it can get there. Um, Unless you got anything else, let's wrap it up and uh, and say goodnight on this Memorial Day and thank everybody for coming on, especially our uh, our guest Steen Pashnik. Yes, thank you, Steen. Great interview. Great uh, catching up and also finding out a little bit more about his family, uh, which was great. Uh, but we will close with uh, the D Las Vegas Resort and Casinos Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly has been brought to you by Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila. Our new extra Anejo is aged at least three years before bottled. Get your bottle tonight now at CancionTequila.com. The D Las Vegas Resort and Casino, from the Fremont Street experience to the iconic American Coney Island restaurant. We are more than just great game in action. Book your spot at TheD.com. Verizon Wireless, the 5G and 5G ultra band for business America's been waiting for. By Summer Skates. 
Fall, winter, doesn't matter. We like to keep our drinks cold. Get your personalized koozies and shower shoes. Go to IcetimeHockeySouthwest.com or Icetime, actually, IcetimeHockeySW.com slash partners and click on the Summer Skates banner by Behind the Mask and BehindTheMask.com where we can provide you for all your hockey needs on the ice or in line. See the website for three Valley locations and more. Jesse Ray's Barbecue at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas, where despite how long it takes you to eat your meal, there's so many delicious choices. It always seems it takes longer to decide what you want to eat than actually eat it. By M Drive, presenting partner of What Drives You. M Drive in the morning, relax at night. Our two-step system for energy, stamina, and recovery. The D Las Vegas Resort Casino Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly and all of Ice Time Hockey Southwest podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app. Available for download at the iTunes Store, Podbean, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and on the TuneIn app. Ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcast. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly presented by the D Resort and Casino is a part of IceHockeySW.com network. That was that was a mouthful. <laughs> that, that's always that's always a tough one, and people don't realize that's a live read. So you're uh, you're trying to put it all together and and wrap up a show with it. So good job working on that. Uh, we'll uh, it'll get better and better, I promise, and easier and easier as each show goes on. So we'll uh, we'll say good night by thanking Steen Pashnik, the former Sun Devil, now San Jose Barracuda, and as I say, the very future uh san jose shark because his future is very very bright um we look forward to uh to having on um his brother brinson very very soon i know they're going over to coaches so i don't think we're going to get him tomorrow night but uh but we'll work on it uh stay tuned tomorrow night for college hockey southwest weekly paul hornstein and myself will bring you uh all the updates on the uh, college hockey scene ncaa wise and then wednesday uh, Stephen Marsh and myself will bring you Club Hockey Southwest Weekly, where our special guest is the head coach at Grand Canyon University, Danny Roy. So, Rob, thanks again. Another great show. Uh, we'll continue on. You and I are going to be uh, meeting up in Indio, California, as they do a little groundbreaking for that new Palm Springs Arena on uh, Wednesday. So uh, we'll give you an update next Monday on uh, how everything goes over there, and um, we'll go from there. Have a great Memorial Day. You too. Thank you very much. Good night.